I can't help but start with a smile. Manic Monday, what's going on? OPMG, Brian E, Timmy York, Rich Clark. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend, made some money, enjoyed some sports, maybe even unplugged for a second or two. What's going on? Welcome back to the fastest show in MLB. Absolutely anywhere. With the big man. Follow me at John Gaze on Twitter. X. Dropping lots of good stuff. Man, although my, my play of the weekend did not turn out. I don't know, those Cowboys guys just beat into a woman. Another story for another day. Playoffs are rocking and rolling. <laughs> Jay, have you ever seen anybody with a you know worse record right now going into the playoffs? I think I've gotten every single thing wrong. Not even like chasing necessarily chasing chalk favorites. I just gosh, I missed everything, right? And I kind of shortchanged the Rangers and they're mashing. Right? Shortchanged the Diamondbacks. They're mashing right now. And that's what's so you know, so ridiculous about betting on playoff baseball. To the new listeners, welcome aboard. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I'll spend the rest of the show instilling more confidence than I just took out of it. But a lot of times, that's what this is about, right? We're about transparency and honesty, doing the best analysis that we can, and then having that lead us to plays if they're plus EV. Yeah, I get this is like wagertainment, I guess. I mean, it's free, and hopefully I'm entertaining and you're betting, so I guess we check a few of the necessary boxes. But like, make no mistake, I'm doing this stuff at a high level. My money is on it. You know, and that's why you see me sometimes like, eh, I'd rather not. I don't want to spend my money on it. If I don't believe in it, all these people out there are fakes. They'll tell you to go bet anything. They, they could care less, you know. And then the one ticket you see is some $5 parlay. And you're like, hey, it's so, you just showed your ass to all of us. So, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for rocking with us. Grab the spear and your shield. Join the failings. We only have two games today. We'll be in and out. Little wham bam, thank you, ma'am, from the two of us. Just keep everybody a little sharp. I did a little bit of the diving stuff, but I mean, betting on the playoffs is these shows probably more would be more helpful as theoreticals because that's where this is the most interesting for me. Again, I will bet on the playoffs. I don't want to say I I bet the playoffs. Like, can you imagine? Like, I hopefully you bet the regular season if you're betting on the playoffs. Because these are the same prices we can get on any game that I feel like we have an edge on with the big sample to allow the probabilistic edge to pan out. So, oh, look, there's some of that confidence I was talking about. First feather in the cap. But that's the truth. I do this. I actually bet American money on this. Speaking of which, Jay got my international stamps. Everyone, congratulations to our producer and dear friend. Jay took down the... MLB second half survival week. Congratulations to Jay. Super sharp. I of course <laughs> I of course went out in the first week betting on the Dodgers. I think it was the only losing week they had. I mean, oh gosh, oh my. I swear. It's so funny doing this kind of wagering work and analysis out in the public. That it's like in theory, you could be following small pieces of my work and just think we're the biggest loser donkeys in the world. And then you could be following certain points and go, man, I do nothing but make money following this guy. Super sharp. And that's kind of one of the other lessons that hopefully, regardless of what you're listening to, you're picking up some something along the way. You know, we call them the feather in the cap, just a tool in the, the tool belt there. Leave you a little bit sharper honing those skills. 
So where I was going in the roundabout ways, right, what do we got? We have this giant regular season sample. Now it boils down to these one or two games. Everybody under the microscope. I don't know. The favorites came out cold. And then, of course, the people, oh, well, that's what you get. One day's off, that's what you get. Those other teams are hot. You think the Phillies wanted to come to Atlanta with Alan Ranger Suarez on the bump? No. Instead of one of the aces? No. But no, he was good enough. The Phillies just went bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. Let's get right into this one. It's the Fighting Phillies plus 135 on the dogs on the road against the Bravos heading down to the Dirty Dirty. Minus 155 favorites. Max fried eggs on the bump. But Braves, right off the bat. Wheeler, plus 135. We'd like that just immediately. Obviously. Looking for wins is tough. Looking for bullpen wins is tough. Jay, what's the run line? F5 run line on Philly with them. That's something I might be able to dig into. If we can get the run, let's call it minus right. We've called it minus 130 or better. Oh, right on the nose right there. I think that's what be our first play. I'm even seeing some minus 120s. That's a nice that's a nice price. Listen, Wheeler for 50 now against anybody getting a run. That's a that's the kind of stuff that I mean where, yeah, I'll bet on the playoffs. I don't look to bet on these games. And I'm never looking to pay juice. No 20 cents to get a run in baseball for five innings. Feels like a deal. Feels like a deal. Don't you a deal. All right, Zach Wheeler. In the playoffs, first game out, six and two-thirds, gave up one, five hits, no walks, eight Ks. He was super sharp. 32 starts in the season, 21 quality starts. Those are six innings, minimum three earned run maximum, which, again, is not great. And I've been really following our work for a long time. One of the things that got me into this was challenging the win. Uh, challenging the, well, the win is garbage also, but challenging the quality start also because if you go six innings and give up three runs now granted i would argue i understand you've given your team a chance to win i think that feels fair it does right six through three to get to the seventh inning with only three on the board there's a realistic chance to get back in the game even if you haven't scored that's it i ran both metrics right so we obviously know six innings three on runs is a four five era which is kind of mediocre right both by like i test myth Historically, in the average. The thing is also, believe it or not, this the sixth inning is even still like a, you know, 55th percentile distant outcome. Maybe it was getting closer to 50. I was trying to cut out the openers because they don't have the intention of it. Some would say, well, then that's the start. That's not six innings. Regardless, let's call it half. Point being... A quality start every single time out is really kind of a mediocre outcome. The reason it can be viable and, you know, work, part of a winning strategy, if the sample is large enough, again, there's sometimes a three on the board is not going to be good enough because you only scored one. And sometimes a three on the board is going to be good a bunch of times because you scored one. Again, why wins are stupid because the pitchers don't control them. So I wanted to go into the money start. This is what I think matters, and this is stuff I look for. In the playoffs. Took you on a little walk there. Is the money starts, right? That's the thing I developed. Seven innings minimum, two earned runs maximum. Now we're talking, right? Through seven and two. That's a good one. Especially in high leverage games, you're talking about getting the ball to the best part of the bullpens. And again, just again, historically, like realistically, we know it's a good outcome. 
10 strikeouts, five games of 32. So Wheeler really has the top side. Can go distance, and we've seen that. Max 311 lo- Woba across the board, lefty, righty, home, and away, which is pretty good. Right, you figure like 315, 320 is average. So better than average across the board in every split, especially good on the road, 262 Woba. He has eight road wins this year with that fastball. This is, of course, this is what happened to me. This is my morning. Right, thinking like I was just going to do my regular, my regular kind of granular notes. Check it out. Wheeler's fastball, 96, which is good. 43% use, which is very high, to a 334 X-Lug 31 whiff. Right now, if you're familiar, just quickly, that's our triple slash. We use usage, X-Lug, and whiff rate, deployment, contact quality, swing and miss, simply put. In case you're wondering, anything over 25 is like a 25% usage or a primary pitch. 43% use on a fastball is a hyper usage. X-Lug, let's call 400 the benchmark. Even average, anything that starts with the threes, excellent. Once you're getting up above that, like 460, you're getting hit hard. Expected slug right near that 500. We'll we use the 345 and the hitter side. And then whiff rate. On a fastball, it's a bit lower than other pitchers. The slider's going to be better. But even still, anything over 23 is good. Anything over 25 is excellent. Over 30 is nuts. So to have a fastball, this is, what, this is the deep dive I was getting at. Have a fastball that you can use 43% of the time and still induce a 31% whiff rate is really quite phenomenal. You're not going to see that most anywhere. 14 inches of vertical ride, which is good but not great. Again, like 13 is average. Anything flat or right, we want flat. We're throwing it up in the zone. 7 inches of horizontal run. Again, double digits are great. 7 is good but not amazing. And that was the rabbit hole. You got to get into the other stuff. I'm going to make sure I do this when I break down all my fantasy work. This was a blind spot I had last year. Maybe it would have helped me pick up on some of the better fastballs in the game. You then have to go into at least two other points that really matter. Extension and release point. I was reading some of the nerdier stuff about how low release points can matter in regard to contact quality allowed by pitchers. Lance Brzdowski, Alex Chamberlain have been covering this stuff. Make sure you're following them if you're into this geeky stuff. I try and break it down to a point. You understand just enough of it to use it when we need to. Wheeler has a big time extension, right? That makes sense. The further away the ball is getting released, the faster it will seem in relation to regular pitches because of the Important distance. So big time extension, super low vertical release for Wheeler to explain the big time fastball, part of why he's so effective. And then you get control and he's able to work it up and down. But to pull the curtain on Wheeler, why he's so successful throwing fastballs all the time. Hopefully, again, you learn something. Rate, review, and subscribe. Shit matters more than it should. Press the cartoon fingers, cartoon bells. Thank you for joining Heroes. 300, man. Call to the pen, where we are doing it every single day. Jay, we're getting close to 130-some-odd shows in a row. Every single day, 115 off the crack. Can't fake this kind of funk, homie. You really can't. I mean, like, whatever. I really think we're like... We're, I'm, a legend, I'm a legend in my own mind, seriously. But I think we're like superstars in the making. Write that one down. All right, three games started versus Atlanta for Wheeler. He went to Atlanta. Early on, went eight, gave up none, struck out 12. And you're like, oh my gosh, I remember that start. Then home, went five, gave up six, struck out four, not great. Atlanta, went six, gave up one, struck out five, kind of, oh, that porridge is right in the middle. 
So we know the top side is there. We also know Atlanta can get him. And we also know we can kind of get like a neutral outcome. So how much did I help you? I don't know. But sometimes I just like to layer as much as I can and have you, the sharp listener, kind of make your own decisions. You may have your own lean. And we joke that this is the restaurant where the chefs eat, but quite literally like professional handicappers and bookmakers and shit come here to figure out like, you know, maybe some of the stuff that they're missing, or at least just double check against my work because Jay, hopefully we're still doing this next year. Mental note to myself. Don't be a lazy bones. And like I should I should have run the model. I like said, oh, you know, I gave the whole like subjective thing. Oh, resting I really should have. I really should have just run run it and see, right? Just to have another opinion in the room. Again, I'm kind of you know, not doing well. I feel not saying like betting blind, but maybe I feel like a regular person right now. Okay, Atlanta offense. Going to be up against Zach Wheeler, right? He's facing somebody. Game one, they had five hits, no runs against Suarez. was decent. We mentioned the Philadelphia bullpen and how they were going to segment games into those one-inning sections, right? That's that New York, late 90s, New York Yankee theorem. You know, of... It's 42, the guy. Pitcher doesn't even have to be that great. You want to be them to be doing different stuff. That's the whole thing. So no one is getting... You're just not getting used to it. And... Hitters are not able to communicate with each other. Next inning, reset. So Philly did that with some efficacy. But, like, do we you, you we throw away the Atlanta offensive stats? Like, I'm not supposed to tell you they're not, excuse me, like, ridiculously good. Second half of the season, top three in doubles, top two in runs, homers, average, OPP and OPS, pretty good. Plus a sub twenty K rate as a team. I mean, you gotta think about that. Two eighty two average, sub twenty K rate with eleven and a half power. I mean, these numbers are just crazy. They kill lefties. They kill righties. There you go. You play for six months. You got three games to show. You got four or five games to show us what you got. First one off the bench. You didn't show us much. And this is where, like, you know, that's what I was getting to with the open with all the uncertainty. And I don't mean to put, un, you know, uncertainty or, like, milk toast, like, non-committal takes out there. That's never been my style. But what are you going to get? I don't know. The Braves going to pick themselves off the mat? I don't know. Are they good? Yes. <laughs> like, in a vacuum, do the Braves imply five runs getting off the bus? The answer is absolutely. Like, absolutely. Absolutely, Yes. Absolutely, and almost even facing Wheeler. All right, maybe not five, maybe four. Jay, do me a favor, entertain me. Can you bring up the team total for the Braves a full game? It's not three and a half, right? Is it, is it three and a half? Maybe it's four? They're the Braves? I don't know. Yeah, four. Pinnacle even has four and a half. They're expecting a move up. I mean, I guess Wheeler, I wouldn't go to five. But just again, to give you an idea, no matter how bad they look, it's, very, it's, a, it's a confusing time for us all. So I tend to think we're going to get something like the start in the middle if I had to put a brand on it. You know, Wheeler's going to be good. He's going to be sharp. Let's say the Braves get to him for two through six in the third. You know, two through six and two-thirds. What's the out prop look like, Jay? If the books think Wheeler's going to finish six, because that's kind of his shtilo. He's hard to drive out of the game. You know, even if you give up the two or the three, Gallon did that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, I think I like this the best, Jay. Using bet stamp, we'll, we'll do the read between, my friend. Showing us all the prices from different books. There was certainly plus money out there 
for 15 and a half. I mean, I tend to think I like Wheeler to come out and get out in the you know, get out in the sixth, man. You know, I, we went through the the distance. I'm kind of getting it back up again. I mean, 32 starts. Only six times did he not go over this. So, Jay, let's take that. You know, again, uh, God bless America and Canada. That's that's the play you want, right? Why even the minus 155 for Wheeler, you got to get past Freed. you got to score so many different elements when I try and just isolate it. The Braves offense is good. They're struggling a little bit. Wheeler is a GOAT. And even if he gives up an early three-run home run, I don't think he's getting yanked. You know, he's a bulldog. Yeah, I feel like he's getting the work on it. They believe in him. He's got the playoff pedigree and stuff already. Help him get to the World Series. So I love that. I love that play. I'm feeling really good about that. Let's do the next one. Freed on the bump closed out strong. He had a sub-2 ERA in September. But he had that blister issue pop up. I saw like a picture of it. It was disgusting. But you can imagine how, if, I don't know if you've ever, you know, the lifetime I was a electrician. And believe it or not, you wouldn't tell from my number of chins that I used to work out all the time. And, man, not like the good hard blisters on your hands. Like when you get them on your finger from outside twisting. And if you've ever had it crack and break, it's very easy to say from your couch. Oh, put a... Hold on, Kevin. I'll recap in a second. Oh, man, well, you know, go out there and play with a bad finger. You, it, your thing is throbbing. You can't put any pressure on it. Kevin. Wow. That's an awesome name. Hold on. Venezuela. All right. Think about it. Nailed that. Says, what's the play? We want to go. We're going over Zach Wheeler outs 15 and a half outs over at plus money. Sorry about that if I wasn't. No, man. Not. Don't thank me. I made a mistake. You know, I appreciate you for being part of kind of our immersive thing that we've kind of building here. You know me. I'm shooting off, running off and all that stuff. I'm just trying to teach people stuff. Wait, Venz. Oh, Venziali. Oh, even better, baby. Love it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Kevin, you got a friend in me, man. Welcome aboard. Grab your spear, grab your shield, something at the work, and defend Sparta. We'll be give to the books nothing and take from them everything. But F you, Tony Pollard. Oh my gosh, he dropped one of those balls too. Oh, I dropped the ball. I'm so upset. Anyway, I'm not, it's funny that you... Another lesson quickly about, about betting is when you go into it and you feel like you should win because of subtractive analysis plus price, it's okay to like, you know, to want that. Like that drive is so good. We have to be careful sometimes. Like, oh no, I always talk about that. We don't want to complain and be crying because that's negative energy. But you do want to care. Right? I think that's that's part of it. I find sometimes I toe that line of being like too agnostic. Oh, who gives a crap? Listen, we don't want to burn. Losing is part of it that needs to be embraced into the regard, like to the extent that we're using it to be positive. You know, taking our losses, learning what lessons we need to be, self-evaluating for procedural mistakes, and then correcting those. And not like, oh, I'm a moosh. Like, I hate that. Feed me. I'm a loser. I have bad luck. Like, that's, that honestly, that's like, that's like the worst stuff. So I do want, every, every so often, I like, to, I like to let people know that. Like, yes, I do care. Like, yes, I, I do want to win. It's just, when you better, you trade every single day, you get so used to the ebb and flows, you realize that. When you're really hot, maybe you're not as good as all those emojis make you look. And when you're really bad, you know, a bouncer, a bouncer, you might have been okay. All right, so let's get back on the horse. So free, close, strong. 
He's got the blister issue. They say he's okay. I think he threw like a sim game and they said he was fine. The blister is the kind of thing that can be re-aggravated, but once it closes, you should be all right. Hold on, Kevin Lancer. That's a great question. Do not let me forget that we're going to do that in between games after Jay does the read. Jay, don't let me forget this. That's a, that's a beautiful question. That's that's like what we're here for. Okay. So Freed, six different pitches. 90% of the arsenal has a maximum 375 excellent. He is extremely hard to get a hold of. We know my man is an absolute bulldog also, but he gets shorts changed on the swing and miss ability. The curve and the change both have a 40. It's a 40% use combined to a 38% whiff rate. Think about that. 40% of the arsenal has a 38% whiff rate. Like that's where you're getting to real like strikeout stuff category. And I don't think he gets talked about. He had a 26K rate on the season, sub-6 walk. There's your 20K BB. That's fine. The swing and strike a little bit low, but the CSW is high. CSW is cold strikes plus whiffs. What that means is he lands the breaking ball for strikes. Nothing wrong with that's good. 27 whiff. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we like plus the 58% ground ball rate. But I think a lot of times Freed can, not say you pick and choose, but I think his control is so good that he can paint those corners and he'll take that light ground ball contact all day so you gotta like freed max 282 woba lefty and righty split he's been very good against both handed hitters and oh what a rush he's a road warrior only nine earned runs giving up 47 innings on the road gonna face that philly offense out again we know is very good they're hitting a little bit too they kind of have that again i hate that i hate narrow street maybe it sounds smarter to say it's like playoff experience but that's where they're hot, right? They got the English. They're listen when you got when you're feeling it, right? They're feeling it. They're locked in. They're feeling good. They've been here before. That's the underdog. They have the big pitching, Wheeler and Nolan. They have the big bats. You know, I mean, seventy one by Schwarber are striking out. Are you not crapping your pants that he's going to hit a home run every time he gets up? You better be. Rex Harper, Trey Turner, he's getting some freaking awesome. These are, you know, perennial kind of first-round fantasy picks, not to bring the nerdy fantasy stuff into it, but there's a reason, you know, geeks everywhere have united around these players. They're unbelievable. Then Castellanos, Bob, and Stott, like all the things that you want with a strong bullpen, Philly's really, really good. So I'm a little bit worried about betting against these Phils. Though if I'm not incorrect... I mean, uh, very good against lefties also. I thought they had struggled against lefties. They ended up correcting that in the second half. Top five expected Woba versus lefties. You know, it's just, just really good. I'm worried about the distance with the finger a little bit from Freed. Why? Because I'm worried about the Atlanta bullpen. They pitched well. You know, I don't mean to give them too hard of a time. Iglesias threw 11 pitches. Minter threw 12. Pierce Johnson threw 15. Those are their top three guys. Kirby Yates hanging out there also. They were good. Get the day off. They're refreshed. But I don't think that paints over again the larger sample stuff. Like that, I just can't get past it on the season. Atlanta, one of the worst bullpens, you know, down the stretch in the second half, like objectively. 281 inning samples. Not nothing. 6 ERA, 1-6 whip, 280 batting average allowed, sub 20K, double digit walk. Not any good. I don't know how you slice that. The last 30 days, 5-4 ERA. Some of the peripherals improved, but still not great. Nearly two home runs per nine. One of the things, the one stat that will always crush your bullpen. So I cannot back Freed. I think I like the Phillies. Man, so let's we'll get the Phillies at five. Then we won't have to like mess with the fate of the pendulum swinging and you know brave momentum or whatever. If Wheeler is good, we'll be good. Hopefully we'll get us at least a tie through five and we'll go over the 15 and a half out. So a little bit of action. Jackson, 
for you. Again, we're using betstamp.app forward slash Colton Penn. You hang up with J&J, &J, Colton Penn HQ. Remember if you want to subscribe, Jay, tell them all about it, baby. For sure, John, I got you here. Uh, the easiest way to improve as a sports better is to always have multiple sports books and to always get the best odds on what you're betting on. We find the easiest way to do that is by having a odds comparison tool like Betstamp. Betstamp simply compares odds across every sports book, including games, player props, and futures. Save time, save money. Download the app today or check out the Google Play Store. You can just search Betstamp and you will find it in your uh, app store there. And then if you're looking to support the show and you don't have a lot of sports books and you're looking to sign up for more sports books, head over to betstamp.app forward slash call to the pen. If you sign up through that page, it helps support the show. Now back to John here. Well, great job, Jay, as always. To Kevin, our newest friend, member of the 300 crew here. He says, what should be my highest bet size with a $100 bankroll and then most importantly, and why, Kevin, you absolutely belong here. One of us. One of us. He says he struggles with bankroll management. So number one, being that type of open self-assessment is the first thing that will help you improve. The second thing will be coming to people like me who are not maybe necessarily smart, but I've made these mistakes in the past. I also at least have a professional understanding of this stuff. Again, I guess every so often I like to clarify my position. Because I do get hit a lot. I, I wouldn't call myself a professional better right now. I mean, I, I bet at a level much higher than the average bear. But I have other jobs and small businesses that cover overhead that allow me to kind of do the thing I love. You know, do this. I have bet professionally, right? And that's that's the thing also we get a lot of this. People that do shows never do, never bet. I was just bashing on before. Because there are people that never bet. There's people like me that, you know, I'm sure someone's thought about calling me out. Hopefully I come off as genuine enough that you know I you know I have the black eyes and the bruises from being in the arena every damn day. The reason I'm able to be in the arena every damn day is because of bankroll management. To, to your point, Kevin. Oh, man, you know, coming from a trading background, that was the you know, that was the the really foundational piece of my sustained, you know, betting process. Because you understand the risk management. Let's get into it. Let's try and do it quick and concise. It's tough for me, right? My machine guy here. I think the first thing you need to do is decide like how aggressive you want to be. Okay. And I'm going to make this very simple. Again, these are these are numbers that are real-life numbers that can mimic a real process, but you have the freedom to do it on your own, to expand. But I'm going to make it very easy for people. Okay. Think of things one, two, three, very simply. One, two, three. Okay, so one is your lowest risk. Two right in the middle. Three is aggressive. Those are percentages of your total stack. I every so often I tweet this kind of stuff. It makes people furious. Even if I don't get responses, I know it makes them absolutely furious. Because we have this the pride, right? That that messes with us. The ego you see it on social media. People are betting. Hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on stuff. And you you have to bet hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Or you want to bet enough money to move the needle. What's the point of making $2? It's not about making $2. The $2 represents a percentage return of an allotted risk. And that's where people, gamblers, generally mess up. That's where 99% of people 
fail because they don't understand risk management and the road to ruin, right? So this is the stuff we're talking about. So again, right off the bat, even at the... I don't have the chart up at me. I don't want to mislead. Even at 3% maximum, so in your case, with a $100 total bankroll, you should be paying 3 bucks total. Right? People think like, well, how am I going to make money? Well, I mean, that's when they say it takes money to make money. So normally, my first advice to people is, especially in the case of only having $100, and I don't mean to demean anybody, but let's be realistic, right? You can't, it's not a mortgage, right? So especially if you worked hard for it, I think this is really important for the newer, younger, betters. Bet on paper first. Save your $100. While you're saving your $100, try and save another $100. While you're betting it, taking it very seriously. I mean, very seriously. Tracking all your bets. Because remember, you don't need live action to prove action. You can test yourself. We used to call this the combine. Put yourself in the combine. Show 30 days of profitability, 60 days of profitability using this strategy. Start with the aggressive one. You don't think it's a lot of money. So you start with three. I mean, again, you can start with 10. You'll probably find out you're not going to win. And the thing is, though, if you don't win, but you were using play money, demo cash, right? You can say, oh my goodness, John just saved me a bind. And now you get to look back and learn. Now that lesson was really worth it. So the first lesson is play with demo cash, put yourself through a combine, learn sustainable betting methodology. Prove that you can don't listen to anybody else. If you're ready to go live, right, I don't mean to assume that you're not. Please don't be insulted. I'm talking to kind of everybody here. It's it's three bucks. I know people hate to hear it. Maybe for, if I know all our books will take minimum, now you can bet whatever, you can bet cents, which is one of the beauties of this kind of fractional betting. You don't need to let anybody budget you. You can do whatever you like. But even four bucks, you're putting, you know, doesn't have to be two $2 bets. Like, then you want to split it. This would be another reason why you want those numbers higher so you can play more. And the idea would never be to go over 2%. The idea is to make the 2% large enough that you can play multiple things and then hopefully have probability play in your favor over time, over time, over time, over time. Again, once you get into this process of only betting a few percentage points of your total stack, you get the confidence I was talking about about not caring if you're going to lose because it doesn't move the needle, which becomes counterintuitive because you're betting to move the needle, but you can't move the needle immediately. The needle is moved slowly over time. When that 2% goes from like myself, I was I was this min better now. Granted, I had cash for my bet, but I'm the type that I wanted to know that I could do it first, right? So I went from betting mins to then, geez, my first year or second year at FTN, I think I bankrolled... You know, I, especially when you get to the higher stake stuff, I think you need the bankroll. I don't think you necessarily need to fund the account with it. I think you could do like a fractional reserve type of thing. We could get to some central banking if I, if I don't stop in which I'm going through. But once you get into the large stuff, I think you probably just need 10 to 20% on hand. So I mean, if you're going to play with 100K, 1% is $1,000 a night, which is a nice amount. You know, well, it is, it is a month. Where I was going because I started, I, I threw myself up the, the scent there, but anyway, I, I being at that point, you know, you're building up to a point where the, the small percentage points is a lot of money. I think that was it. Okay, let's get into the second game. So, Kevin, appreciate you, OBMG. Love you, man. Enjoy your day. Take care, everybody. Let's do the second game just quick again. I just, I don't know, there's not much here. 
Arizona plus 140 dog on the road against the Trolley Dodgers. Minus 155 favorites. Bobby Miller. Sounds like a 70s pop star on the road. On a pump. Gallon, you know, I he stuck his thumb in my eye. I was off the Diamondbacks, like I think a lot of people were. And I kind of had to eat those losses. Now I don't want to short them anymore. Right? They're like young. They're exciting. And now they have their best pitcher going forward up 1-0 against a rookie. Though this one should be really good. Gallon went six, gave up two, three walks, four strikeouts, and the win. First playoff game this year. They got to him really early. He settled down. I was talking about that, them getting to him early. That's what we were, all, you know, fading in four. Though the road gallon stuff, I think, might be a little bit exaggerated. I looked into it a little bit today. It's not quite as bad as it looks. Anyway, 34 games started for gallon in the year. 21 quality starts, nine money starts, right? Those seven innings minimum, two earned runs maximum. Nine times out of 34, that is excellent, man. That's excellent. He's two runs better at home. But like I said, when you're breaking it down... The OPS is still low. The WOBA allowed is still low. So he had a 313 WOBA on the on the road, which again does not necessarily purport like a you know the four or five year A or whatever. That's so I, I I don't know. It's a little bit off. It wasn't bad either. Might have just been home runs of bad luck. But again, I'm not I'm not sure I'm sold in this like gallon road thing. The fastball is really good. Big time usage. It does get hit hard without a lot of whiffs. So it's like this is the opposite of the Wheeler fastball. It has the shape and the feel and all that other stuff. The thing with Gallon's fastball is it's purely like a functional fastball. It it has a good dual use. So the four seamer has the same exact observed spin as the change, but then it mirrors the knuckle. So you get this guessing game between four seamer change. And then the knuckle curve is just, well, besides the fact it's like colon collapsing, the spin is super deceptive also. The change up, triple slash, 14 use, 346 X slug, 31 whiff. That is awesome. The uh, knuckle curve, one of the best pitches in the game. Zach Allen's curveball, 23 use, 361 X slug, 43% whiff rate. Hachimachi Liberace. One thing that I did notice, though, that I think you'll probably see. Kevin asked if I like Freeman to go yard. Man, I was on Freeman total bases game one. Didn't work. I'm worried about I'm worried about trying to catch the knife, right? We see these narratives go, oh man, they're not any good. They're sluggish, you know. If it gets in their head right now. I'm feel more into with the momentum. Right? I'm with the Phillies. I'm with Wheeler. I think I want to be behind the momentum. I want to be with the bullish chart. Not trying to catch that pulling knife again. Punch of the order. ERA really big for Gallon. It is 2-2-1, first time through. 2-8-6, the second time through, which is phenomenal, I mean, phenomenal, right? That number jumps to over six, third time through. The Arizona bullpen has been lights out, which again was part of the thesis for fading them. I, don't, I like Paul Seawold, but beyond that, I don't really think they're that good. I mean... Of course, relative to pro pitchers, these guys are, you know, top of the mountain athletes and all that stuff. But I'm just not a huge fan of the Ginkles and all those other guys that we've seen kind of fall apart. They've been excellent, though. They're going to need innings. Because when you combine the struggle on the road to the third-time struggle, that might be the answer there. 
Dogs' offense only scored two runs on four hits. Game one, it was an eighth-inning triple by Will Smith. They looked listless through the beginning. That was Merrill Kelly, right? That could have spun an absolute gem in their face. Playoff pace was a weird thing. Bobby Miller on the road. Oh, I'm sorry. Bobby Miller on the season, excuse me, at home. He's been split-proof, which I didn't realize. That's a term that we use in my fantasy analysis. 300 Woba or, or better. Lefty, righty, home, and away. Think about that. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Like, well above average. Lefty, righty, home, away. There isn't a split that gets to Miller. 22 games started, nine quality starts, only two money. He has an elite fastball shape. One of the best in the game, like Hunter Green, Jacob DeGrom. 99 miles an hour, 11 inches of vertical run, like as flat as she goes, right? We want less vertical. With eight inches of horizontal run, awesome stuff. Fastball, sinker, curve, slider, change, deep arsenal. Max 400 X slug allowed. The curve, the slider, and the change have a 30 whiff rate or better. Two games started versus Arizona this year. He's at Arizona. Went six, gave up none, struck out four, walked four. Then home versus Arizona went six, gave up four. Walked two and struck out four. So we saw one good start, but not great. We saw one kind of mass start. We got beat up. All I have in the Arizona offense is they went absolutely ham bones. Oh, my goodness. Fam, Carroll, Christian Walker, Gabriel Moreno, Al Thomas. Five of nine hitters have a plus 1,000 OPS in the playoffs. Is the day off going to stop it? I don't know what derails these things. I don't pretend. I don't even... I don't pretend. I do like moment. I worry about chasing that stuff because it's very subjective. That is why I developed my model that has you know, thousands of hours in its development. Back-tested for years and thousands, tens of thousands at this point of events. You get into these super-duper small samples and you're... I don't want to say guessing. I just think it should be more about value than anything else. So when you look at the analysis, you got to be thinking, right, the early under, right, the time to the order stuff is strong for... Callan, Jay, bring up the F5 under. Is it is it, it's, is it four and a half? If it's four and a half, I go under. If not, I don't think I can. There are actually... Nah, is it rogue? Are you rogue? I mean, I'm not a point bet. I wouldn't call point bet rogue. And pinnacle also, right? No, that's legit. They were a little juiced up, though, right? The, the pinnacle is the one we want. Let's, can we bet the pinnacle line? Again, there are certain books I know we've kind of made it our habit chain. I do appreciate you doing it. No, we're going to go under four and a half, I think. F5 under four and a half. This one, the Miller and Gallon. Look to get on the first two times through the order with Gallon. And I think I think Bobby Miller stumped on them hoes. We'll see, though. I've been terrible, so feel free to feed me, I feel much stronger about the Wheeler prop. I think that's the one I like the most. If I had to take one, I'd like the Wheeler to get 16 outs. And this one, right, just don't pay. I don't think you want to pay heavy juice. I think that's your best bet. You know, try and find as many plus EV plays as you can. And again, like Kevin was asking, and the best answer is, more betting does not necessarily mean risking more total, right? We want as many bets as possible for as little percentage spent that's really the key to this thing of ours because let's say you bet two percent of your stack but you only have a single event you want to pay and run do some bad caps whatever double count some numbers you know 
if you lose five days in a row, you're down big, depending if you go two off the original or two is adjusted. Then at least 10%. At least 10%. You don't want to be in that spot if the five days is kind of the point of it. Right? When you build a ticket with five plays or 10 plays, that represents that 2%. A lot, you'll find a lot of times you're playing more around even. And then, like I said, you want the probability to play out because baseball gives you so many opportunities to do just that. So that'll do it. Fans are showing MLB absolutely anywhere with your two game Monday recap here. National League Division Series. So just a quick one, Jay. Do the little scanola. I like Philly with them getting run through five. We also like Zach Wheeler to go over 15 and a half outs. We like Arizona and the Dodgers to stay under four and a half through five. I think uh, I think that's pretty good. I think that's where we're at. Feel free to hit me up anytime at John Legaza on Twitter. Hit up Jaybird at Call HQ. We really do appreciate you supporting our work at this time of year, right? It's kind of crazy to be doing baseball stuff. There's very little bit of it out there. Hopefully we're, you know, kind of filling that void. The thirst for the game, right, the handicapping, but also hopefully some it's like powerful analysis, but some unique, you know, stuff, ways to look at it, maybe some numbers that you didn't pick up. So from John and Jay, thanks for picking up what we're putting down here at Cold Depend HQ. Appreciate you much. Really means the world. Rate, review, and subscribe. Stuff just matters more than it should. Don't make a big fat man back. I guess that'll do it. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Hit us up anytime and remember. When you work this hard, it's a lot less like luck, yo. See you tomorrow. Peace.